1: Celtic Stuff Live. The only toll free call in webcast produced specifically for Celtics fans. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 back, Celtic Stuff Live. Back back. 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 Back.
1: Back. Celtic Stuff Live. All right, the Celtics got a couple of games left on the season, including. Monday night when this show is airing. John and Justin here to break it all down. A lot of interesting things in the last week. Uh, Celtics not the only team to beat Golden State. Uh, Minnesota followed that up since our last broadcast. Obviously the big news, Celtics losing to Atlanta. And probably a bigger concern for me, John, and I don't know, probably the same for you, big concerns about Isaiah Thomas and his wrist. Uh, definitely in a funk in that Atlanta game. You could kind of see the shots not falling. Talked about it, had ice on it after the game. Uh, I, I wasn't so upset about the lag in the loss to Atlanta, you kind of knew maybe that that was going to happen. They went on that West Coast swing, and they didn't really seem to be tired in the first two games back, but I think it finally did catch up with them. But Isaiah Thomas and his health is a much bigger concern than playoff seedings for me, and I would imagine
2: anybody listening to this show. Yeah, you know, I Mark, Mark, Marcus Smart had a great game, and that, you know, there were, his, his first half was outstanding, and, you know, there were things that you know, you could take from the game last night, but let's be honest. If if Isaiah can't be Isaiah, this Celtics team is not the same team. Uh, he's the scorer. He's the he's the facilitator. He's the straw that stirs the drink. And uh, geez, I hope that that wrist is okay. That that really is is a worrying sign for all of us.
1: I mean, I think he's good to bounce back. I I'm not too concerned about his ability to 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 fight through pain and and recover and you know even when he fell on the wrist I remember seeing it and then he came out and he hit some shots and so I said oh boy we really dodged a bullet there but then in the game against Atlanta it's clear it's kind of flared up now the other thing is it's not like he hasn't had you know wrist surgery in the past I think as most recent as 2014 I think I saw Jay King put that out there on Twitter and so That's where the concern is, is will it linger? He said he can get to all the spots he needed to get to on the floor. It's not really messing up his handle, but you can imagine with a little bit of pain and the way you have to flick your wrist when you shoot the ball, especially from outside, and I think without an outside shot, the Celtics may be doomed for a similar postseason shutdown that they faced in the first round against Cleveland with Isaiah Thomas last year. If he can't create space with that shot, they're going to have a very easy time
2: preventing him from getting into the paint, especially when the word is out. You know, And, and he was missing those shots, but I, I think even more troubling to me was the, the, the easy shots he was missing. I mean, he was getting to the bucket. Like you said, he could get to where he wanted to go, but not being able to get the shot to go in, that was the point where I was like, "Whoa, something he, he's that that wrist is bothering him. He isn't the same guy." Uh, so, you know, look, they got a day off here. Uh, let's hope that some rest and relax is going to help. Uh, you know, the back-to-back certainly doesn't help things. You get on a plane, uh, you know, I think, I think, you know, get the day off, maybe just give it a little bit of a blow. uh, And, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe go in the tank for the next two. Uh, well, well and here's the, the thing. Two, Are you concerned about winning six. them? Absolutely. Exactly. You know what? You're, you're
1: reading my mind, John, and I know he didn't do any pregame <laughs> strategy, but I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. I was kind of against it and I was all about going for number three, but with that Atlanta loss in, in the back pot, you know, in the rear view mirror, no reason not to just fall to six use it as a stepping stone against Atlanta, pray Isaiah is healthy, get Evan Turner's goggles off his face, even though it doesn't seem to be impacting his play. And, you know, let's just pray we're healthy. Jay Crowder's healthy and in shape. Let's just, let's get full steam. I think this team can beat Atlanta. I don't want to face Cleveland unless it's in the Eastern Conference Finals. And at this point, why not rest them? I mean, I know we're going to talk to Steve Bullpat coming up here in a couple of minutes, and I'd be interested on his take. Usually, what you get from everybody in this scenario is finish as high as you can. but also keep in mind that if they move into the six, not only does it put you in the right bracket, but it also gives them a better draft pick. And this team is all of a sudden, after being extremely healthy over the course of the year with a couple of exceptions, you know, Jay Crowder, obviously the big one. Uh, Amir Johnson is now getting healthy. Why, why don't you just rest the players on the next two games, make sure they're good for the postseason, make sure they get rehabbed? Other than Jay Crowder, who probably needs some work on conditioning, yep. why not rest them, fall to the sixth seed, put yourself in a favorable position, and have that chip on the shoulder against
2: Atlanta to come right back out in the first round? Absolutely. I mean, look, the way they played in the, the first three quarters, you can't count on Marcus Smart shooting the ball like that in the first half against Atlanta every time, but there was a lot of points, I think, that they gave... Atlanta had way too many opportunities. They offensively, or I should say defensively, the Celtics really didn't show in the first half. I mean, you you get almost 70 points in the first half. Part of that's pace. The pace was, was really getting pushed there, but you can't give up that many points. And that's a sign to me that the defense is really where the biggest source of concern is. As, we, as we've kind of neared, you know, headed down the stretch, we had the injury to Crowder, we had the injury to Olenek. I think those two injuries, basically in a six month, or excuse me, a six week period from the All Star break until, you know, really just recently, that, the, the defense has slipped considerably in that time. They need to get that back. For them to be able to make a strong run. Otherwise, you know, now that you add some sort of lingering bulky wrist, that's, yikes, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not excited where that's headed.
1: There's definitely concerns, there's definitely reasons to rest without making it look like you're pseudo-playoff tanking. I mean, I know last year it was all tank for the pick. Uh, certainly it would help them with the position for the pick, but it's probably not that big of a deal. Playoff seating would be better, but they've got a good reason to rest them and then wind up in a better position in the postseason seedings. And I think why not at this point? Uh, the other thing with this Celtics team, Nets pick moving into third. So we've got a lot of things to talk about. I think we'll save that for after our interview with Steve Bulpett. But a lot of things playing out, even the Dallas pick. Dallas might fall to the first pick coming out of the lottery. They're not going to miss the postseason now. But very interesting to see. There's no way Houston. Well, I guess Houston could move up there and Jazz could move up depending on the tiebreaker Dallas could possibly still miss the postseason, but I think it's very unlikely at this point that that happens. I think you can pretty much bank on them going to the postseason. But that pick very easily, especially because they play the Jazz um, one more time out of their last two games, the Jazz could take position, and then based on the wins in the Eastern Conference, the Jazz, the Dallas Mavericks pick would be the first one out of the lottery, which would be a really nice place to be. And the Celtics wouldn't be that far behind if they finished six in the East. So, you know, when we talk about packaging picks and making trades. This might not only benefit the Celtics going into the postseason, but it might uh, help them package those picks and, and move into uh, playoff contention or even bigger playoff contenders next year by being able to make this deal that we've been talking about and
2: hoping for to consolidate talent. No, I think you're right. and And so everything is teed up. We've got all these, all the chips. The chips are, are there. They're on the table. There, uh, Danny's just looking for a buyer, and it seems like every day you turn around, somebody else is is opting out or, or, or wanting out, and who knows? This Jimmy Butler thing really seems to be kind of spiraling in Chicago in this past oh, week. Oh boy, did Kerr eat his words! <laughs> I, it's. There's so much going down, so much, and I think this is going to be a summer of a lot well, of movement. I then Hoiberg.
1: I said Kerr. No, I know he meant those two guys are almost interchangeable. They do. Though. And Kerr I, I played mean, for the Bulls. Other than performance as a coach,
2: yeah, <laughs> that just it's a minor, <laughs> a minor dispute. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, uh, very interesting. I think this summer, I think we're going to see a lot of movement, and uh, yeah, so. We will we will see, and not only not only will there be a lot of movement, but I think we're going to really see uh, an, a real push, uh, not only from the Celtics, but a lot of teams that are on this fringe to make that big move up. Uh, will there be any surprises? Well, I think if anyone has a chance to make shift, you know, kind of shift the game, it's the Boston Celtics. And just very quickly, we want to make this point: the Colangelo's fully. I was totally going there. Yeah, <laughs> coach, no doubt in Philly. Let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, Danny got his start as a head coach working for who? Jerry Colangelo. So if there's a deal to be made there to send one of those bigs, if you don't get the big guys, the, the, the Durants, the, the, the Butlers, you better believe Danny Ainge is going to be calling about Okafor, Embiid, Noel, and they're not going to be paying premium prices for some of those guys not if
1: they've got picks to exchange. And I know Philly has sworn that they're not going to be in tank mode, but they do have sort of a, a logjam of players that do not uh, play well alongside each other. And obviously, our guest coming up next, Steve Wilpet, had the rumor at the trade deadline that uh, Jaleel Okafor was a big target and a deal almost got done. So we'll definitely talk to him about that. We're going to be right back after this. CLNS Radio broadcasting Celtic stuff. Live, yeah, we're back, everybody, and uh, we're headed into the postseason. We're pretty damn excited about it. Uh, let's go to Steve Bullpet. All right, joining us now, Steve bullpett from the Boston Herald. First time uh, on the show since John and I came back mid-season. bunch of uh, bandwagon jumpers, jumpers, as uh, Skippy Sosa has uh, called us out on our our last interview with him. And if you don't know who Skippy Sosa is, it's a uh, it's Scott Souza, Steve, but. We wanted to uh, we wanted to have you on, and I know we've been uh, coordinating it for a couple of weeks, but no better time to have you on the show than two games away from the postseason. Celtics obviously had a nice year, and uh, a big log jam in the middle of the pack here, three through six. And John and I were just debating before we came and brought you on the show whether or not the Celtics might be better off resting players going ahead and dropping into that sixth seed and then securing the bracket that puts them up against the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals if they were to get that far. Welcome to the show. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I think, you know, all those maneuverings are just nuts. Uh, The most (laughs) important thing is that you have your rhythm and that you're playing well together. And, uh, you know, uh, I I think that, they should just play out the season as as normal. Um they're no we're not talking about a team with uh, a huge veteran presence like San Antonio, so just play it out. I uh, I think trying to maneuver always be careful what you wish for kind of thing.
2: Yeah. It well with the what if what are, what's the word right now on Isaiah Thomas's wrist? Is that going to be an ongoing concern you think or is that a it's a knock and it's one of those things in a week's time most people you know, he may not even notice it when the playoffs get started.
0: As of right now, we do not know. Um yeah. you know, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll learn more. We're we're doing this on Sunday night. I'm sure we'll we'll learn more uh on Monday, um, particularly with the game Monday night. So but I mean it's you know the Celtics aren't in a position to do any maneuvering. Um they're here to, to just yeah play as much basketball as they can and, uh, you know, get themselves into situations uh, that, that can be experienced for younger players.
2: Is, uh, as they make this march, uh, you know, the game, is there, is there too much that should be learned from this team off of the loss to Atlanta? You know, really playing well for most of three quarters and then falling apart in the fourth? uh what what was your takeaway from the first time really they played atlanta at some time
0: you know i the celtics have done very very well on the second night of back-to-backs but it was game 80 um so i think you saw a little bit of that um a little bit of running out of gas but you know i gotta tell you i don't spend a whole lot of time especially with a team like like the Celtics that's this young and still very much in the developmental phase. I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about what happens in the regular season anyway. I mean, you know, you can look at at nice wins they've had, but uh, a team like the Celtics is bound to get those kind of wins because it's going to play harder than most opponents on a consistent basis. Um, And that's just because they, they've got young guys trying to prove things. Um, you know, um, I, I think that when it comes down to playoffs and both teams are on equal footing, equal amounts of rest, being able to prepare for each other, that's when we'll see exactly what this team is.
1: Steve, you know, the Celtics lost some, some precarious games against the Nets as well as the Lakers, uh, a couple of wins that might've, if they had gotten them and really, you know, considering the opponents they should have gotten them, had they gotten them, they would have been in in really good position for that third seed, which just begs the question, how important is home court? I mean, I know it's nice and I know Boston has, you know, based on, you look at the people in the, in the stands for the Atlanta game the other night, it's, it's really, you know, kind of pathetic actually with a team that's exciting to watch and, you know, really on, you know taking third, the third seed. I mean, considering the opponent, considering the, the timing of this, in the, where they're at in the season, um, and considering the way that that team plays, it's really sad they didn't have as many people there. Everybody knows Boston's got a crazy home court crowd, but do you think home court advantage is, is that important, we, especially when you're only going to get it maybe in the first round anyway?
0: Look, the, the playoffs themselves are important for the Celtics in, in really two regards. Um number one, getting experience for the for the younger players that you have, putting them in those kind of situations. So hopefully when they're in those those scenarios with a realistic chance to do something that, you know, that experience will show itself. And the second reason the playoffs are important for the Celtics, I think, is to show potential free agents, um, just to show the show guys around the league that this team is, is up and coming Um, that it's a a team that with a player or two could be significantly better, significantly different Um, beyond that. I mean, and so in that regard, I guess home court advantage in the first round would be important in that it may help you get to a second round. But I mean, does anyone realistically think this team is, is ready. Like, you know, Ainge mentioned it this week on the radio, and he's mentioned it before, and we all have. Uh, no one believes this team is ready to contend for a championship. It's, it's just it's not ready yet. Even, you know, the, the younger guys need more experience, all those things. But, you know, they, they do want to play as many uh, postseason games as they can uh, to get better as a, as a group and individually. And you also want to be able to show that, hey, a potential, like maybe a Kevin, Garn- Kevin excuse me, Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant, <laughs> that, yeah, this is a team that that isn't that far away uh, or, you know, not so far away that a guy like him and another friend might not be able to change them significantly.
1: Well, and coaches like Greg Popovich, who have nice things to say about Brad Stevens, certainly help that endeavor as well. But to your point, Um, You reported back at the trade deadline that Jaleel Okafor was somebody that the Celtics were looking closely at, and uh, not only, I think, do they want to make a splash in this postseason to attract free agents, but they also... want to be able to make one of these trades where they can bring in some talent. And I think what what really helps position them well is the fact that even if they bring in some top-tier talent, even if they max out the books, they're still going to be able to continue adding high-grade players to the roster just because of how Danny has has gotten himself set up in the draft. He's able to switch with the Nets again next year, and then the following year they get the Nets pick. So uh, is there any other team that if they made noise in the postseason is is more well positioned to take that leap from this year to next season?
0: I'm not sure, but I mean with regard to what you mentioned about Popovich talking about Brad Stevens, coaches always talk nicely about other coaches. More importantly with regard to Stevens, the the word getting out through players is is the one you should be listening to. And when we talk to opposing – when I talk to opposing players, everyone else does as well, what we're hearing is is a, a respect for, for Brad Stevens. Players will bring it up in the conversation. Uh, when you ask a coach what he thinks about what he sees with, with the Celtics, they're always going to say the right thing. I mean, uh, when's the last time you've ever heard Brad Stevens when, – when you ask him about another team saying – boy, those guys think, and that coach, what an idiot he is. It doesn't happen. <laughs> but when, when players bring it up in conversation, then you know that, that guys around the league are talking with each other, are talking with guys on the Celtics, and they, they do believe that Brad Stevens is a guy that they could see themselves playing for or, you know, um, they wouldn't mind playing for. Um, but, look, the, the Celtics – have a ton of assets, and I think, and I know, because you you saw it at last year's draft, and you saw it at trade deadline, the Celtics would like to turn that ass those assets into something more tangible, and they're willing to overspend with assets for the right player. Um, I'm very sure, from what I've you know heard with with through other teams that. Uh, Angel will not give max contract money to guys who aren't max contract players because those are the kind of things that can tear a team apart uh, emotionally even um, and, but I think he will overspend in terms of you know he'll trade an extra p- player or draft pick if uh, the right impact player is available um, you saw how hard the Celtics went after Justice Winslow at the draft last June um and I think they would they would do that again. they will do that again they'll try to anyway um, with guys uh, around the draft and uh when free agency gets here
2: so in in that going down that road uh would a guy i you know I think a lot of people have tied Kevin Durant to Al Horford. That I don't know if, if, if I've never read. I'm not sure what the tie is there. I mean, certainly they had to go to school together, and I mean they're roughly you know, come, you know the same age. Uh, but no, what what is Horford's what is the now. well they're yeah what is the tie there then, Steve? Because I'm trying to understand what why Horford leads to Durant and vice versa. I don't
0: know. Have either. you heard that? I mean, I, no, I mean. I think people look at if the Celtics can get a a player like Durant, who else would they would be available they could get and there's a free agent. Look, one of the biggest lures and I, I think, you know, if if a Kevin Durant were to look at the Celtics and by all accounts, you know, he's at least gonna take a glance. Um one of the lures would be that not only could they sign him but they would have money to sign another max free agent. The Celtics don't believe that Al Horford is a max free agent. Um, But, you know, they could get a player, another quality player uh, with their money. So, uh, you know, look, what the Celtics have now, we've been saying it for a while, is, uh, and uh, let's leave Isaiah Thomas aside just for a second, but beyond him, they have a team of very, very good complementary players. Guys who can step out and be stars on a given night, but are, but are very good complementary players. Uh, Isaiah Thomas has shown himself to be a little bit more than that. Um, but what this team needs desperately is, and, and Ainge has known it for a while, it's pretty clear in his dealings and, and the kind of players he's looked at, they need a magnetic talent. They need a guy, and we talked about it even last year, a guy that that can walk up to the storage table before the game and say, look, I'm going to get 20. Let's see what I can get above that. You know, they need a a person like that who attracts so much attention defensively that it makes other players better, gives other players greater opportunities. Um, Having Larry Bird gave Kevin McHale uh, an extra foot of room to move to maneuver in the low post because a guy defensively has got to stay closer to Larry Bird. Things like that. Um, someone that draws attention, that can make plays anyway. The Celtics need one of those kind of guys. As much as they've talked about uh, we need a rim protector, they need this, they need that, I think they need a a major um, scorer-type guy, an offensive threat uh, that, that they can count on night in and night out.
2: Does that... Let me so let me ask you this. I mean, the as I understand the lineage of the the KG discussion, that all changed once the, the, the Ray Allen deal occurred. At least in terms of his view of Boston and, and their ability to you know to be a suitable uh, landing spot for him. Is the sense that I, I don't know
0: if that I don't know if that was a deciding factor, but it, it no. certainly didn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So do you think Given the position they're in, and not having anyone, as you said, Isaiah Thomas aside, do they need to have someone, perhaps by trade, before they even enter that July first window, either through the draft or 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 you know trade during draft time, to be able to to be enticing enough to get those meetings and to, to really rise to the top of. Kevin Durant's wish list, you know. No, I don't don't think so.
0: I mean, you know, looking at it logically, right now, this is a, you know, a a top half of the the Eastern Conference team. With Kevin Durant, uh, if you added him as a free agent, and, you know, look, maybe it's crazy, I'm I'm sure it is right now, to even be talking about eventualities with a Kevin Durant um, when it's, you know, such a slim opportunity here. But... uh, if you look at what the, where the club is now, if you were to add a star player to this team, without subtracting too much, this team is, uh, is a is uh, a top of the Eastern Conference contender. You know, it's it's a little more difficult to wade through things in the West. But right now, you add a star to this team, and when we talk about complementary players, it, it sounds kind of demeaning. But I, like I said, these are very very good complementary players. There's not a team in the league that that couldn't be couldn't benefit from adding a Jay Crowder or an Avery Bradley. Those are two guys who would get minutes on any team in the league. Warriors, I don't, wherever those guys would get minutes. Um, so you know uh, they've got a good group of guys right now, but you need to have you know the NBA is a place where we've said it before. Uh, four quarters do not equal a dollar. When you get a star player, that that means more.
1: So let me ask you this, Steve. Why wouldn't somebody want to come to Boston? I mean, obviously we kind of explored that with the, you know, is there a, enough all, you know star player talent here for them to partner with? And you kind of answered that. But let's take it from the other side of the equation. You know, what would be the reasons not to come to Boston? Cold weather? What else?
0: I, I think that whole... Line of 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 thought, how you know it's that free agents don't want to come to Boston thing is is essentially BS. When you look at it, how many free agents move anyway? Major free agents, okay. You had uh, LeBron James doing the uh, you know let's get a, a team of AAU ringers together down in Miami, <laughs> which was like a, a group thing. And then you had him going back to Cleveland when things kind of, you know, um, wasn't getting his way necessarily with everything he wanted down in Miami. Uh,
1: and who knows if he'll stay in Cleveland yeah, now.
0: Exactly. I mean, you know, it, it'd be hard riding that roller coaster emotionally if you're a, a fan, right? Um, but, uh, you know, number one, players don't. a lot of players don't move. And if you look at places where they're supposed to want to go, well, you know, Dwight Howard left L.A., Okay, Uh, big free agent move last year was Lamarcus Aldridge going to San Antonio. Um, You know, not exactly a nice place, but not exactly you know a metropolis on the L.A. New York kind of a thing. Players go where, and and let's take a step back too. Now the the Red Sox, the Patriots, and even the Bruins when they spend these guys, these teams can get free agents. But why is it just the Celtics? Well, there are two things that go into getting a free agent. Right. Number one is money. Can you pay me? In the NBA, there are max contracts. So, um, if you're a team that has that money, that space available, then you're on equal footing financially. You don't. You can't go out of your way, and you can't like overspend to get a guy. Uh, you can't give him an outrageous contract. That's the thing. And then you look at chance to win. Okay. And with regard to Kevin Garnett, as much as that was a quote unquote trade, that was a free agent deal as well because they had to convince him to uh you know to sign an extension to that he was going to come here and stay uh there was you know his his opt out clause he had all these things that he could have done if he didn't want to be here they wouldn't they couldn't have made that trade so they they had to convince him so that was a free agent signing. Uh, in every sense of it, except technically it wasn't. So Right, uh, they had to
1: have cap space, and they didn't, so they had matching salaries instead. And that's really what makes this team so unique this year. This is the probably, to your point, this is probably the first time they've had cap space to sign somebody without having to finagle weird contracts. You know, probably since they thought that they were beating the system when they got Vin Baker, right? I mean, he had that big yeah. contract, and they thought they were you know, really going to do something. By bringing somebody in, but the, I mean, how long was it before that that they had cap space available? Yeah. It's and been it's been quite some time. You look at
0: this team right now: Isaiah Thomas, th- this season and next season, uh, Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, and Jay Crowder. Their salaries combined do not equal a max contract. That's Amazing! How, that's how good a shape you guys, you, you guys are in uh, vis-a-vis the cap
1: yeah it's really it really is phenomenal it's interesting so you know you talk about those three players and you know truly they're all on bargain deals especially with the cap moving up and we know there's going to be more room i even want to throw evan turner out there because sure. i feel like i feel like evan turner is the one that really surprises us all especially even as the season has gone on and i it's occurring to me more and more in watching him play that a lot of his struggles in his early career were not only being in in environments that didn't know how to utilize him, and that's a strength of Brad Stevens is, you know, putting, you know, what does a player do well, and then let's put him in a position to only try to do those things well. But the other thing is a confidence factor. I think Evan Turner's confidence in this environment has allowed him to become, in some games, a real go-to player down the stretch.
0: I think you have got the biggest thing with him, which is that, when he first got in the league, he was trying to live up to being the second overall pick in the draft. Yes. And, you know, what he's become here is a Swiss army knife. He's a guy that can come in and, you know, comes off the bench, will spot start when a guy is injured. Um, you know, but if you're that kind of guy is the second overall pick more is expected of you from the outside and probably more is expected of you from yourself you're trying to live up to that and you know that's a losing battle in some cases uh you know it, you can be a very very good player and not be someone that what people put on you as an expectation for what the second overall pick in the draft should be
1: well and could anybody really have saved Philadelphia i mean the road and the path that that team was on You know, look at how many players are not able to carry them to victories. And that was one of the big knocks on him. He was the number two overall pick, but look at the picks that they've spent the last three years. I mean, even Okafor, very talented, but is he the guy that all of a sudden gets drafted at number three and comes in and and writes the ship? It's clearly not the case. And so, I I, I mean, I understand. I think Evan Turner. When
0: when Evan Turner was there, before they decided to, uh, you know,. head to the bottom of the pool, uh, that
1: was a playoff team. <laughs> I mean, so they, you know, I'm, I'm like thinking was... Caddyshack right now. You're killing me.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Only, only in their case, it wasn't a, uh, what was the candy bar?
2: Baby Ruth. <laughs> it was, yeah, Baby, Baby Ruth. Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Take a sniff. Take a yeah. bite. Oh, God. No. Uh, <laughs>
0: Uh, what, I'm not sp- saying I'm not saying that team was a Cinderella story, <laughs> <laughs> but they weren't bad when he was there. They were, you know, with Drew Holiday, and they they had some players.
2: Very good, very good. Uh, speaking of Philly, uh, this week Sam hinkey decided to write a thirteen page page thirteen page letter to. I assume, to the ownership, and then it got leaked somehow to the press, uh, somehow, and very interesting, but but now we have uh, Brian and Jerry Colangelo in charge. Uh, any guesses, any sort of tea leaves on, on what direction they're going to go? Is there any sense that, that maybe they'll call up, Jerry will call up his old coach, Danny, and try to find a landing spot, so perhaps... They add, you know, for the same reasons you kind of outlined for the interest with Okafor, potentially. Do you think that they might revisit that discussion?
0: I'm sure they'll revisit everything. You know, I'm yeah. sure they'll they'll talk to, the, you know, the 76ers, um, you know, and things they discuss at the deadline, Jimmy Butler, things that they didn't discuss at the deadline. I think all those things are open. Look, we've talked about Durant when these things here we spent probably – much more time than it than it's worth on that subject. But let's look at the realistic, at the, at the, the odds-on possibilities. The Celtics wind up with a top-five pick from the Nets. They have that in their pocket heading into the draft, okay? And uh, they look at uh, what they've got coming up for draft picks. They look at what's on the roster now, you know, is the pl- they're going to have to decide whether the player they can add from the Nets is going to make give them a significant step up, whether that's the kind of guy that, that fits into what they want to do. Um, and then they're going to look at what kind of deals they can make and perhaps packaging uh, a draft pick or two with a player or two that you might have grown fond of. Um, those are the things that they're going to be more realistically looking at uh, before it comes time to, you know, shoot for the moon on free agents. So, you know, again, here's the, the situation's going to be: uh, you're going to get a draft pick. Once you get the slot, then there's not much in your way except for who's picking ahead of you, which in this case won't be too many people. And then it becomes: can you get someone else, another team, to dance with you on a trade? You know, the the Celtics. If what if Kevin Garnett wasn't available in 2007? What if it, what if it as the case there was that ownership in the in Minnesota had gone to Kevin McHale and said, "Look, move this guy. We're not winning with him, and he's costing us a ton. You know, we can lose just as easily without him." And so McHale was told he had to trade Kevin Garnett. What if Garnett's not available at that that summer? So now you're a team with Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and Al Jefferson, and how far do you get? You know, maybe you can make a run at it, but are you do you win a championship that year? Are we sitting here in two thousand sixteen looking at nineteen eighty six as the last title in Boston? So, you know, you, you need to you need good fortune uh with regard with in addition to all the preparation work you can do as far as gathering assets, um, drafting good players, developing them, you need luck. It's just a huge part of it, and that goes beyond the ping pong balls.
2: Is this? Do you think this is a summer where there will be movement? So you have a chance for luck. It seems as though the, dra- the trade deadline and and last summer there wasn't a whole lot of movement. And this summer, everyone's got money. Uh, it it seems that maybe some some things are starting to break up in terms of who's in contention and who isn't in contention. Do you think this is a summer where there's there's finally some player movement that we haven't seen probably in some time
0: well, I think there might be might be less of a chance than that with other really? with everybody thinking that you know look we've got Capra, we we've got this and that um you know teams might not be so willing to take a you know take a, a step back and try to rebuild like the Celtics did in 2013. Um, it's like, you know, the problem now where you've got people in, you know, politically people in, uh, you know, everyday jobs supporting policies that that help out rich people. Well, that's the problem <laughs> with the American dream is everyone thinks they're going to be rich one day. And that might be the problem with teams in the NBA is that they think, well, heck, we've got cap space too you know why should we go and and rebuild and and take a, a the Nets draft pick from from 2018 um you know we can get it faster because we have cap space
1: well steve just so you know uh you know john and i did get rich we turned this podcast into a multi million dollar industry so okay. you know that's uh you know, I mean, you know, Mike me Gorman. You're telling
0: me the trickle down doesn't work here either, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still don't pay our guests. You know, that's just the way it is. Yeah, ends, I but... mean, you know.
0: <laughs> One second. Cancel the order for that Lamborghini. <laughs> back, I'm back, guys. I'm back.
2: I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I hate to. I hope you're losing money on the deposit. You know, but yeah, I, it's you know, we were gonna send out some expired McDonald's gift certificates. But uh, unfortunately, we couldn't even afford the postage. So how
0: about, about what do you, How about uh, you know not even a, a tie? A tie from Jim Nance? <laughs> <laughs>
2: nothing. You, you think?
0: I was yeah, I you, was watching. He he, he gives the uh, he does the green jacket ceremony with Danny Willett. Doesn't right. give him anything. Not a tie. Nothing. You know, it's like wh- what? Uh, you know, I I think yeah. I, I'm going to start giving out gifts to players after good games. I was, was going to give. Uh, yeah, I was gonna give Tyler Zeller my socks after the game on Friday, but I, I don't wear any. Um, you know, probably just as well, right? You could
1: give him the shoes that you wear without socks.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> 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 he brings those home, and the wife leaves.
1: <sighs> All right, Steve. It's been uh, it's been great catching up. That was. Uh you know the time always goes really quick and and like we said before we before we had you on the air just kind of in our our pregame warm up uh, you know we don't go we don't go 2 hours and 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 drag it through 75 minutes but as a result uh, you know we're going to have to have you on again uh sooner and uh you know do Especially during the postseason, uh, if the Celtics can can hang in there, you know, for a couple of rounds, I think we'll be uh, maybe increasing our broadcast schedule a little bit, and uh, we'll be reaching out to you. But as always, really, really good stuff, and I think the biggest thing that I'm kind of thinking about is this summer at this point, Um, you know, we've all been hoping that the cap space means more opportunity, but what you just said makes a whole lot of sense to me that, that that actually could be a a cause for stagnation and uh, everybody thinking, well, you know, I don't need to move because everybody has opportunity.
0: Well, if you're at the point where you're thinking that what I'm saying is making sense (laughs)
2: then
0: perhaps you should take some of these millions that you're making from this podcast and, uh, seek professional help, counseling.
1: You know, I'm... <laughs> a life. Coach. It's
0: an investment, and I think it'd be worth it.
2: I I, I do. Want, speaking of being worth it, I do want to say this because it it has been a while. But Steve, if you remember our our former our former fellow co-host Jim JB Metz, uh, made quite a quite a show on a show you were on with us several years ago. Oh, that's Bringing right. up the name of one David Black. And he's back. He's gonna. I assume he's gonna be out there in the, in the uh, you know trying to get a job this summer. But I was. It's it's a shame. It seems that in the time between when we we left the air and and now we've come back, the David Blatt era has come and gone. So I just I wanted to make note of that with you here with us. And that was. Uh, I feel like we missed a moment there. So.
0: I
1: think, we, well, we can uh, get number one, I'm kind of happy we missed
2: that. And number two, I think we should name
1: a Comet after David Blatt. <laughs> the Blatt Comet. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all right, Steve, thanks a lot. Have a great night, and uh, I appreciate you coming on to the show, and we'll have you again soon.
0: Guys, in all seriousness, be well. Thank thanks, you. Steve, appreciate
2: it.
1: All right, Steve Bullpet from the Boston Herald, everybody. Celtic Stuff Live on CLNS Radio. John and Justin here. Always great to have... Steve on the show, and I think one of his final points that I thought was excellent—he uh, kind of teed it up a little bit with the Jay Crowder and Navy Bradley, uh, all those contracts being pushed together and still don't even equal a max contract—and then obviously all the picks that we, I mean. You know, preaching to the choir, anybody listening to the show knows about all the assets that Danny's collected. But I wanna I wanna pull it a little bit full circle because I guess you and I have been thinking if the Celtics make a trade then it positions them well to acquire somebody in free agency. But at the same time, uh Steve made a very interesting point that maybe that's a reason for a you know, more sedentary uh activity or lack thereof, I guess. Sedentary activity is almost like a an oxymoron, but you get my point. I do there, that yeah. why things may may, there may not be any movement in the offseason and if there isn't any movement in the offseason it would be because everybody thinks they have a chance because now they have all this money to spend that they didn't have to spend before and uh, that makes a lot of sense to me it, it sort of it brings a lot more teams you know into play and I guess maybe no better timing for a team like Philly than to 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 try to have that opportunity themselves and hope that they can lure somebody but all the reasons that t- players may stay with the teams are already in which is historically to Steve's point what normally happens which i think at this point says that if there is going to be movement it only enhances that all these assets you know, you know players on good contracts draft picks cap room leave it off to the side but the Celtics really have an ability to acquire that next level superstar or that superstar player who can check in at the scorer's table, you know, and say I'm going to score 20 tonight and everything else is gravy like set said, said. I almost think that based on his based on his point, it really maybe the activity is more likely to happen through trade and and even if they only get one star player through trade uh and I guess it depends on who they give up, but even if the Celtics were to get one max or star player through
2: trade wouldn't that be a huge coup for them heading into next season anyway yeah yeah i think so i think i think you're right i think well that was why the you know i was asking that question about jimmy butler or or not specifically about jimmy butler but making the trade before the you know the acquisition about free agency because to me it's going to be very tough to pry someone like kevin durant who's saying i'm already in a situation where i already play with another star i'm going to jump into a situation without another star And then what? You know, am I going to be any closer to a trade? Yeah, I'm going to be the lone gunman on a team without any stars. And, you know, is that a step up or a step, you know, backwards? Here, if you add that second star, you know, before he's even a free agent, well, then you're talking about a situation where you have – you know, he could say, well, I'm leaving one to get another. And, you know, maybe this star's younger. Or, you know, who knows what the, what the, you know, who it could be. But to me, that's, that's the ticket. And, you know, like there are many draft picks of this, this draft class, they're going to be able to help this team next year. So, well, and remember, if the Celtics wrote
1: the script for how to do this with the Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett year in 07, the difference is, is that, they might have had to trade assets for both of those including one Al Jefferson for Kevin Garnett but if they rewrite the script with just a little bit of a tweak and they're able to bring somebody in on a free agent contract instead of giving up assets that means this team is still going to have a number of assets and maybe in this case they're willing to Steve's point they're willing to overpay and give More assets, you know, because these stars are at a player at a premium, maybe they're willing to give up even more to get that player that would then bring in somebody like Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant playing the KG role, except in free agency, because, you know, Steve made a great point. It's like it's kind of a free agency you know, a free agent move because they had to convince him to stay and sign an extension, and why wouldn't the Celtics want that, you know, when they were going to give up their, their young, promising center and Al Jefferson, or I guess he played power forward at the time. But uh, in this case, I think that it's, you know, it's one of those things where they might be able to overpay, but ultimately, if you compared what they gave up for Ray and KG – they really wouldn't be giving up as many of their acquired assets, and they'd still have potentially picks on the
2: table, etc. That's true. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. You're right.
1: The net cost could be less.
2: That's right. That's exactly. That's a good point. Yeah, because you know, you, everyone looks at trades. You know, everyone's grading each trade. They're saying, "Oh, you know, well, did you win this trade? Did you win that trade?" But in succession, you know that that very very much could be the case. Now, the, the only, of course, it's the biggest gamble going to try to get a free agent to sign. I mean, that's as Steve said, that does not happen. You know, people do not seem to leave places that they already are. It just hasn't been the case in the NBA. It's been notable exceptions. Uh, having said that, yeah, I think I think there's there's a lot of reason that you know we saw this with, with Marcus Aldridge last year. When you look at it from the outside, there was no reason LaMarcus Aldridge would leave Portland. They're up-and-coming team. they got Damian Lillard. They've got a good coach. They seem to be, you know, growing. They seem to be headed in the right direction, you know. And, you know, that the drum beat started getting louder and louder and louder all through the year, you know, and to the point where by the end of the season, you know, you're like, well, maybe he won't come back. You know, he, it was a, you know, a close you know, situation until you got to the draft. And then once the draft came and they started dealing away to try to, they dealt away Batum to get Noah Vonley and some other players. That was when you're like, whoa, this, this actually could happen. Wouldn't it be a big surprise to see something like that happen this year? I would be surprised to see Chicago down that road. I would be surprised to see Oklahoma city go down that road. I think there's a lot of teams that could cut their losses beforehand. And that could be the sign that you know that these players could be moving. So I don't, you know, it's a notable exception in those cases, but I don't think it's it's beyond reason of, of doubt that it could happen.
1: No, for all the players who don't move, you know, you bring up a good one, uh, but I'm going to bring up another one, which is Kevin Love, which is you know, fool me <laughs> once, shame on yeah. on on you; fool me twice, shame on me. And that's my biggest concern with the Kevin Darnett, I mean Kevin Durant situation is is you know we fell in love with with well we fell in love. And, and then it didn't wind up happening. However, this team is in a completely different position than it was when it was trying to bring in Kevin Love. And so, you know, there's reasons to be optimistic. Maybe it's round two and we bat 500 and we hit on this one. And, and maybe it all happens through trade. But I want to bring up another point, too, as we're kind of moving through some of Steve's, Steve's um, commentary. And I think one, one area I'm going to have to disagree with him on and and he and it was really the first question we posed to him, but you know he really said all these maneuverings in you know standings heading into the postseason is nuts, and the and that that the team should you know just play and and I agree in certain I want to parse that out like you and I kind of kicked the show off with, I think there's a lot of reasons for Jay Crowder to be getting major minutes, and if they wind up winning, they wind up winning. It is what it is, right? But I think there's a lot of, of reasons to rest Isaiah Thomas. I would even say that there's good reasons to rest Amir Johnson, right? Like, why have a flare-up for no reason? Let him flare up in game six and seven. You know, why, why, why potentially get that plantar fasciitis going again, right? Yep. I, think, I think that's an area where Steve is dead wrong. Play the players, to his point as well, a lot of role players that mesh well together. Why not give Evan Turner a ton of minutes? right let him play through the goggles is there any benefit to him sitting no he should be playing he should be playing because he's got to play through this and you want him to stay in his rhythm cuz he's got re- but but Isaiah Thomas is going to be out of rhythm regardless right i mean if the wrist is really bothering and if his if his wrist is fine then then let him play but there there is a there is a reason to rest guys and and a part of that reason is what we saw against the hawks just these guys are whipped this has been a long season, it's eighty two games. They just did that five game road trip. You know, it's finally catching up to them. And while on your point, their defense has been gone for a while and they really need to lock it in. I'm not sure that they're necessarily just gonna get it back, you know, by playing a couple of games, and I'm not even sure it's a communication thing, as much as it's I I literally think they're whipped. And for even Avery Bradley to say so after the game is extremely uncharacteristic.
2: That's a very, that's a very good point. You're right. That that is something that they. This is a team that goes hard all the time, and you got to think right. It, and Steve said it. It's it's game eighty. You know, uh, you know, you try to go through what you can, and and maybe that's part of the reason you've seen more Terry Rozier. You've seen a little bit of Jordan Mickey here, uh, and, and I I have no no issue with that. I do think that they need to find a rhythm defensively, but. Maybe that's fits and starts. Maybe that's not forty-eight minutes. Maybe maybe that's the that's the trick here. Uh, he's right. I think you know. I like the fact that he was relying on the, you know Steve Steve's point about trying to win playoff games, trying to show in the playoffs of who you are. And if they go in beat up and banged up, they're not going to be able to do that. Uh, they're going to have to go at a hundred percent because even at a hundred percent, these players are not as talented as who they're playing against it's only through their execution that they're going to be able to succeed in their coaching so this is a huge test not only for them but also for for brad stevens and to show that that he can it's not just the smoke and mirrors that could happen on the highest stage of the ball and i think it will work yeah yeah All right, so
1: look, everybody who's listening, we are adjusting our schedule because our next show is going to come out on Thursday or Friday of this week, maybe Saturday, we'll kind of see, but the season wraps up on Wednesday against Miami, we're going to do a postseason, you know, sort of pregame show, we're going to jump the postseason, we're gonna get, we're gonna put a defining marker between regular season and postseason for Celtics stuff live. So we are gonna go out of order, so to speak. But John, I want to throw it to you. So the Celtics got the game against Charlotte. They got the game against Miami. A lot of these teams are playing each other you know, in, these, in the final games, a lot of movement could happen. Not only, you know, for the Dallas pick, which I think is the other point we have, to, we have to flesh out right before we go. But I want your prediction. You know, where what seed do you think the Celtics finish the season with two games to go? We'll know on Thursday morning or Wednesday night, obviously, uh, where they're going to land. What's your prediction? Which seed? Oh, come on now. Just guess.
2: <laughs> just take a just take no, a while.
1: I, I, I already know where I think. I'm just I'm kidding.
2: Gonna... I I would actually I'm going to say they're going to end up fourth. Okay. I think I think they're going to end up beat Miami and they'll beat Charlotte and they'll end up fourth. And All right. That's my that's my prediction. And it's going to be so a hard I
1: would, fought first round. I was also going to say fourth, but I was going to say that they would split the games against Charlotte and Miami, but it still works out. And so um you know, the the good news is they get to host a home court series, you know. They get to host the first series in home court. The bad news is they're in Cleveland's bracket for round two. Yeah. And uh and I think that is what's gonna happen. You and I both think fourth, so we'll certainly find out by the time we broadcast the next show. But let's look at you know, you and I after the intro, talked briefly before we grabbed Steve on, and we discussed uh, a little bit of this Dallas pick and and I was I'm you know I said in the opener I'm pretty certain that Dallas is going to end up you know being probably the worst team eighth out in the West and the pick's going to be 15 and it's not that bad and then you and I did not discuss on air but discussed off air now and now I think we have to bring it to the listenership but. I said, well, you know, I, I don't think there's any way Dallas is gonna is gonna miss the postseason. I, I know there's a tiebreaker and there's a chance Houston wins out and Dallas loses out. Um, and I didn't know where the tiebreaker tiebreaker landed. You cleared that up for me. But and then I said, well, does it even matter? I mean, if they wind up going out of the postseason and they have a chance at the lottery, doesn't that really position the Celtics as you know, maybe not even getting that pick if they wind up winning and, and being top three. And, uh, and you said, well, the difference last year between 12 and 15 was pretty dramatic, and I think it does matter. And you, you made an argument for, for why we do want them to miss the postseason still, uh, because they could go as high as 12. And uh, and also you've got some some uh, understanding on the tiebreaker between Dallas and Houston.
2: That's right. Yeah. So I mean, just very quickly, there's everybody's got two games left. Uh, that Dallas, basically, we're down to Dallas, Utah, and Houston. Dallas and Utah play each other. So if Utah beats Dallas, uh, then then we've got a, a very close situation. Dallas also has a tough game. They play San Antonio. So so they've. San Antonio could rest people, so that could happen. Houston has a very easy schedule the rest of the way. So right now, Dallas and Houston—they're two and two. They've they've split their season series. So the next tiebreaker is conference record. So if Utah does beat Dallas, then then automatically right there, Dallas would have a worse conference record than Houston would. So. As long as Houston beats these the 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 dregs of the league that they have left, uh, which is Minnesota, and then uh, on Wednesday uh, they play against Sacramento, and Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento's playing Phoenix, uh, which is uh, could also be a, a huge help for us tomorrow night. Uh, get added some space for the third, the third worst record, but also Sacramento by Boogie Cousins sitting in the next two games also will help by giving Houston a chance to win their second game. So it really comes down to if Dallas goes zero two, then they could fall all the way out of the playoffs, and if. You know, it really depends upon what happens with Washington and Chicago. uh, But a very real possibility that the pick could be as low as 12. And last year, you look at at who picked 12. uh, That was the difference between getting Devin Booker and getting Terry Rozier. And I'm not saying Terry hasn't done well of late. He's been playing great. But Devin Booker is is all rookie team. He's basically the one bright spot for the Phoenix Suns. Um, You'd love to have had him here, but you never had a chance to as the Celtics uh, never had a chance to draft him by being that far back of the lottery. So it, it does matter. And the other thing is, if you do end up with a 12th pick, let's say you're third, you end up with a third pick, Philly's got two. And you know maybe they don't want one of those guys that's that's up there. Maybe it allows you to move from two to three. Maybe it moves you to move from four to three. Uh, that way you get your guy rather than you know where the draft board throws at you. So there's a lot of opportunities there if you get that low lottery pick. And the chances of of Dallas winning the the lottery from the 12th spot are. are almost infinitesimal. I mean, they're basically, it's a 2.5% it's a chance that they're in the top three. And I'm willing to take those odds. As opposed to Brooklyn, right now, there's a 46.9% chance of being in the top three. That's I like that a whole lot better. <laughs> you know, and as an aside, what are the
1: odds that Dallas perpetually being, you know, middle of the pack, out in the Western Conference, and Dirk nearing retirement winds up just putting them into irrelevance. I mean, for the first time in Mark Cuban's ownership, right? Yeah. And at a time when the cap's going up and everybody's going to have money, how hard is it going to be for Mark Cuban to resurrect that team? I mean, I'm not saying they don't have some players and they don't have some young guys, but you know where I'm going, right? I mean, they they could just be in what is really, truly NBA hell worse than, I mean, Philly might be an NBA hell, but at least they got, oh, here's the promise of the new guy every year. Dallas doesn't even have that. I mean, they've got Dirk, but when Dirk's gone, what is it, Tr- Chandler Parsons, right? And he's all of a sudden got to be the guy.
2: Well, and Chandler's a free agent this summer, so they, yeah, they, that could be a nightmare yeah, matchup. You've got, you got Wesley Matthews, who really hasn't, I mean, he's played well at times, but really hasn't come back from the Achilles. Darren Williams has resurrected at times. You know, I mean, Rick Carlisle is is. Is a great coach. I mean, just phenomenal coach. What he's getting out of that team, but the the crash is coming. The thing is, is like you said, Cuban will always spend the money, and he's he's got some pretty good. Yeah, uh, you know, they've obviously missed on the Rondo deal, but you got to feel like the Dallas, they're smart enough to know how to how to get get back. Uh, but will that be 3 years will it will will Dirk still be on the team it, there's a lot of questions about that and i, I...
1: will Dirk still be on the team yeah. i love it
2: yeah i mean you 40, know
1: 45 year old Dirk just you know camping out at the three point line he'll still knock him down oh, right so, yeah he so... just won't be running the
2: floor <laughs> it's crazy he's, he's that's so awesome good. but yeah yeah it's it's uh it, Dallas is in a very precarious position. Yeah, it, I'm know, telling
1: you, they're on the precipice. Is,
2: you know what's going to happen with Houston? You know what's going to happen with you know Utah's on their way up. They've got a That's a team that's that's headed north. You know Portland headed north. Um, you know who's going to fall out of the top in the, in the West? I don't see. And you know Denver, they've got a, some some young players who could really rise up. So uh, if if I'm you know Dallas, I'm looking below and I'm saying, geez, you know they, Something is coming here. We, we may not be able to, to make this go any longer. Yeah, it's too
1: bad we didn't get a pick from a couple of years from now, too. Um, <laughs> all right, let's wrap the show on that. Like we said, it's going to be a short week for Celtics Stuff Live. We're going to come back towards the end of the weekend, before the weekend, or right at the start of the weekend, to be able to make a, a nice clean break between the regular season and the postseason. So be on the lookout for uh, a different broadcast schedule, just start checking on Thursday and Friday uh, to look for our show, Uh, guest to be announced, and actually, John, I think it might just be you and me breaking it down, Um, looking at the season, maybe hand out a couple of awards, you know, who knows, I mean, that's kind of outdated, but, you know, to each other, like a a nice pat on the back, like, come back, (laughs) come back, podcasters (laughs) of the year.
2: Yeah, I think so, I think we deserve it. I really do. I feel good about our chances. <laughs> you I do. Stuff live. <laughs> come back. Podcast of the year award.
1: Indeed is a is is a nice image. You know how like the Celtics made their case for Jay Crowder yep. for comeback player of the year, um, and then uh, Isaiah Thomas for for all NBA. I, I don't see any reason why you know CLNS Radio wouldn't put together a nice graphic. For comeback podcasters of the year for us, and just push this out and see if we can't get the votes.
2: I I think it's I think it's way past time for that. So that I'm just way. saying I I, I don't want to I'm not I'm not causing trouble. I'm just saying. No, so we got to get with the gelsonator and make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll be back a little bit later this week. And uh, as the season wraps up for the Celtics, when we head into the postseason. John and I predict a fourth seed finish for the Celtics, but you never know. They still get a shot at number three. Could fall all the way down to six. I know one thing, none of us want to face Cleveland in round two if the Celtics make it past round one, so we'll certainly see if that's the route they're going to be heading. All that and more coming up later this week on Celtics Stuff Live. Talk to you soon.
2: Celtics Stuff Live.